To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. The links are in the description down below. Uh, free stocks, IRA, cash management available for the Weeble app. There's a referral link. Um, claim up to about 15 free stocks through the Moomoo app. And then, of course, you uh, get a reward when you sign up over at eToro.com. So if you're looking to start a few new portfolios, it doesn't take much. Simply use those affiliate links to get yourself some free coin or some free stock or a nice high APY on a on a savings account if you don't want to do anything with your money other than just let it build up slowly all those options are available for you there that is part of your financial wealth if you're looking for something a little bit different uh obviously like therapy for yourself or couples for teens oops i absolutely moved the camera uh let me move that there we go that's a little better i'm sorry i should probably put my foot somewhere else um if you're looking for therapy for yourself for couples or for teens there is betterhelp.com uh BetterHelp, you basically you don't have to lock into anything you can always choose uh which counselor you prefer to speak with and um go ahead and get more information once again that's betterhelp.com there's also in the affiliate description down below in case of emergency break glass so there's a lifeline website um <clears throat> and then of course wellness guides there's always mel robbins she has her own podcast uh based out of i think new boston but she lives in vermont and then of course there and then of course there is Dr. Jordan B. Peterson has a YouTube site. Go ahead and check out his books, Maps of Meaning, 12 Rules for Life, uh, another 12 rules, which I have behind me. And then, of course, he has a new book coming out called We Who Wrestle with God. He's currently on tour. Go ahead and check them out. Uh, I was not able, unfortunately, this time to see him in the state that I live in, but I do understand he's going to be in the Boston area. So I am certainly considering um, hopping along and seeing him in concert or seeing him on stage for the first time in person. So that'd be nice. So you have a couple wellness guides, some people you can always look up to. Um, so go ahead and check out all those affiliate links, whether it's financial, emotional, or just overall wellness in general. Those options are available for you. So uh, thank you very much. Thank you for everybody listening, watching, subscribing. If you have questions, concerns, or comments, you can email me directly through my website, positivesarcasm.com. There's a contact section there. You can find me on social media um, at positive underscore sarcasm for Instagram. You can contact me there. Uh, uh, for uh, you know, a Q&A, if you have comments regarding with, uh, this week's podcast, next week's podcast, whatever, go ahead and find me there. Um, email is positivesarcasm at outlook.com. I do check the junk mail, so nothing gets by me. And uh, let's see. And then I say, oh, so I, I do want to start this week's episode by responding to, or not responding, but reading some comments and reacting to them. So the goal of the new format of this podcast right now is, so... I don't want to be the sole voice. I want to read what the clients or read what these people, excuse me. And we're, we're stretching across to AITH on Reddit. We're, uh, of course, using dig.com's Q&A, good call, called Good Question. And we are also doing, I think, a Dear Abby. So we're trying to stretch out to see what other, what individuals, what are the thoughts of the individuals right now? What are they trying to, what is, what is their dilemma? Because we can't, I can't save the world. So... But I can answer questions one at a time. And then from there, understanding their dilemma from how they wrote it, from their point of view. And then I want to hear what other people have to say. Anybody who's willing to comment, 
Um, I want to hear what you have to say so I can get a better understanding of how you see things. Doesn't matter whether I agree or not. I will I will probably state that I might agree or something like that. But it is an interesting. I want to take in some more point of views because obviously I'm looking at things from from surface level, and I want to see what everybody else has to say about these topics so that we can get a better understanding of if you were in this situation or if you were in a portion of this situation, how you could possibly react to it, refer to it, grow from it, things like that. So if my my voice is not the sole voice. I want to hear what you have to say. And we'll start off with last week's podcast. There was um, a there was three questions that have been that are of that are of topic right now. And I believe I have them. Oh yeah, that's right here. So the first one was about uh, there was a marriage and the wife took a trip to go for a job interview, to visit family for the first time. I mean, a lot of things that she hasn't done. When she came back though, her husband, apparently she has this terrarium and it's something that she and her mother uh, worked on for many, many years. So she has sentimental value to it. I do not know, it does not state in the Q&A whether or not she, you can check it out on last week's podcast, but did not state in the question whether or not she gave her husband specific instructions on how to take care of it. She gets back, the husband apparently put water, put some water in it, and then the thing became all moldy, and the plants and the leaves were dying, and she basically, and she reacted. She was upset, very upset. Um, the husband made mention about it's no big deal, it's just a plant, you, you know, it became... It seemed like he elevated the situation more than it needed to be. And then things were mentioned about, I think you're trying to sabotage our marriage. And then he decided to sleep in separate, a separate room. And from there, uh, they haven't been speaking. So it's terrible. Terrible situation. Um, I do not agree with how the husband handled it. I don't. Because a lot of things he said were not helpful. So from what I read, from what the wife claims, what the husband says was, in my opinion, not helpful, destructive, narcissistic, um, belittling, and now avoidant. Not good if you're in a relationship, a marriage, a family, friendship, nothing. It's never going to help. However, the response from the response in the comment was this, that, her trip, him watering, not watering, instructions, him wanting to, her wanting to fix it. Oh, there's another thing. She canceled her, uh, she canceled their anniversary trip because she wanted to take time. She claimed she wanted to take time to f- repair the plants and stuff, and he blew up. And then that's when things really. That's when he stopped talking to her. That's when he started sleeping in a different bedroom, um, because she wanted to. One of the things she claims is she wanted to take time to repair the terrarium. Okay understandable and then he blew up now the comment is as follows her trip him watering or not watering and the instructions on how to take plan and take care of the plant her wanting to fix the plant are all irrelevant points in the story according to the comment a lot of the quote he said she said is mostly irrelevant because it's one-sided and if what he is saying doesn't make sense it's because she's not telling you what she said in that argument where they currently sit in their relationship is that she has made it clear that she values the terrarium more than she values him or their marriage. Also, 
she admits that he thinks she is sabotaging the marriage and if that is already where his brain is from supposedly the one incident it makes me think this has to do with more than this one incident she needs to quote suck it up and accept the fact relationships require forgiveness and sacrifice so i don't know about the suck it up part but i think that's just kind of like a uh, kind of a period at the end of the sentence yes relationships do require forgiveness and sacrifice and effort and all those other things i, I agree with that yes it is true that the, she's telling you what he said she doesn't really mention what she may or may not have said she doesn't say anything about that so that is an act that is accuracy that is cause for question the where they currently sit in the relationship so this thing right here about sabotaging the marriage and where his brain is makes me think that this has to do with more than one incident so obviously the destruction of the terrarium is not it's that seems like the straw that po broke the camel's back or either either the terrarium is the straw that broke the camel's back the canceling of the anniversary trip was or him blowing up after the fact so that one of those things one of those things or a combination of those things seem to be the deciding factor in why they're not talking and things like that but it seems like there was a buildup to this. It seems like there was a lot of things that maybe weren't going right and they weren't addressed or they were squashed or somebody was censored in the relationship. And it's it seems I, at this point, the terrarium can be fixed. Can the relationship can be, the relationship can be fixed as well. However, in an, I think an intermediary needs to get involved at this point. So it's clear that they're not communicating well with one another that's obvious okay i'm not going to assign fault here i do not like i do not like the things that the husband said i don't i don't think they're i think they're extremely counterproductive um i do not like that he blew up i do not like that um he decided to not talk to his wife i understand some people need space sometimes uh at least i understand that now but this um this relationship where it stands right now needs you want this to work you at the end of the day you want this to not only work you want it to survive you want it to thrive you want it to become better you want people to become really involved in their relationship and and feel comfortable speaking their mind but this relationship is going to require an intermediary one person to come and say both of you sit down both of you sit down listen think respond calmness work this out each individual thing and build that foundation back up because you want to recreate something you want to you can't undo the damage but you can make repairs you can uh, try to make things work you, you really can it just it's going to require some cooperation it's going to require listening and understanding the other person's perspective and hearing what was said and what was not said the terrarium can be repaired it can, that can be fixed so but it at this point this is all going to take time and it's going to take energy which all relationships do in this situation though um regardless of who's at fault an intermediary needs to get involved a therapist or marriage counselor get involved and fix this okay while there's still time now there was a another comment for story two about um there was 
So the grandmother, like every Friday or once a week, takes care, takes her daughter's children and babysits them for the day or something. And then around six o'clock every night at six o'clock, the kids have dinner. Apparently, the one of the kids wanted dinner now and the grandmother said you can have a snack dinner's at six the kids started throwing a tantrum the grandmother wouldn't budge she offered a snack the daughter found out got really upset and then the daughter pulled the plug on the babysitting and they're apparently not speaking the daughter accused the grandmother of starving the child or you know starving or abusing the child um i don't believe that's the case she did offer a snack uh obviously uh, there is graciousness with offering to babysit a child it's a huge responsibility the daughter is clearly upset and i understand why the daughter is it's it's her parenting it's her decision it's her child her child so if something happens with a child's upset she's obviously going to warm to the child because it's that child is her responsibility everything that happens to that kiddo is on her and they t- and it and they are still connected maybe not by a umbilical cord but but they are still connected so when something happens and the child's completely upset that is um that is understandable now the reaction to it was so here's what was written the kid had options which is good parenting strategy but he threw a tantrum anyway so the kid had an option to eat a snack and wait for dinner and decided that and according to this comment it was a good parenting strategy the kid threw a tantrum anyway kids throw tantrums it's just part of them of raising one the daughter immediately sided with the child understand claiming abuse from the grandmother is a little bit aggressive though and i do understand that so he says the daughter immediately sided with the child and claimed abuse from the grandmother um siding with the child i understand claiming abuse from the grandmother i don't if the daughter pulled the plug on babysitting or the grandmother did it is kind of irrelevant okay as long as the grandmother didn't actually starve or abuse the child the daughter is in the wrong okay um the once again babysitting a child is a huge responsibility um you're essentially putting the child's life you know the, the the daughter's livelihood is is in the grandmother's hands I don't feel like the child was harmed in any way. I feel the daughter understandably was being protective of her kiddo. But according to this comment, the daughter the daughter is in the wrong. And I think the daughter did under from my perspective and from this the perspective of the commenter, the daughter did step out of line by claiming abuse. And I think they and maybe she was just upset and maybe that can be backtracked and they can kind of talk about it and work things out um but they have to like i said they have to talk about it. they have to reach back out and say hey i'm sorry for the, how things went i was trying to do the right thing i wasn't planning on starving your child you know i would love to see my grandkids i hope we can work this out and the grand the daughter should say listen i know you weren't trying to starve my kiddo i know you weren't abusing them you take really good care of them they like you blah 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 let's just talk this out let's not let things simmer and then become a boiling boil and let's just not do that let cooler heads prevail so but the daughter i don't know who should reach out but somebody needs to reach out uh story three this one was tough so this was about a kid he was 16 years old he got into boxing he was doing really well his biological father left him at the age of one but the mother 
of the 16-year-old, and the 16-year-old is still close with the family of the biological. And they also have he also has a, a father figure in his life. He has a very apparently from the article has a very strong stepfather who's there and supportive and calm and collected, which is great. And they've been in communication. They were going to go to a birthday party at the biological family's, the biological father's house. What they didn't expect and what they were not told when the 16-year-old went there is that the biological father was going to be there. The man who abandoned his child at the age of one surprisingly shows up without any prior contact or notification and then says, hey, you know, that, that boxing stuff you got from me. You know, and um, the 16-year-old clapped back and said, you don't get to take any uh, uh, credit for what I've accomplished. And then the, the, the biological father said to the mother that your, your kid, you raised a brat. And then the 16-year-old blew up in defense of his mother, in defense of himself. And emotionally seeing that was traumatizing. Blew up at the father, blah, blah, blah. Dur- and r- basically the birthday party was trashed. Understandably so. And then the family wants... The, the 16 year old to apologize that is traumatizing if you haven't seen your biological father since before you were con- conscious basically and then he just shows up out of nowhere and tries to take credit for your hard work and then calls you a brat basically to your mother's face i under, i look biological father made some real poor decisions before before showing up and after showing up the unannouncement, I mean, it's mess. Now, here's the comment. The mom makes the story too much about her. So the mom did kind of take a little bit of this, but I, I get it. She was the one writing it, so I'm going to give her a pass. The 16-year-old is all that matters in this story. Mostly agree. He grew up without his biological father and whole, and obviously holds a heavy resentment towards him for this. Absolutely. People who have been um, adopted... Yeah, they have. They definitely have an abandonment clause, an abandonment thing in their in their brain. It's very different. It's something that if you weren't adopted, you don't understand, and you kind of just have to take it as it is and understand it and appreciate it and just be by their side because they want that sense of belonging. Um, otherwise, they just throw their wall up, and then it's very hard to get. It's very hard to get back in. He grew up without his biological father, and he obviously holds a resentment towards him for this. If the father does not want the want back, if the father does want back into his son's life, he needs to apologize to his son and ask if this if that is something he would be open to, not surprise him at a family event. The mom is in the right, and all she has to do is say, "I support my son in whatever he wishes and mean it." Support your son in whatever he has to say. I agree. I agree. The son was emotional. It may not have been the most opportune time to lash out, but he was cornered, surprised, obviously upset. This person abandoned him. This was the man responsible for his life. And then just takes... No. He needs to... Like, I don't expect the biological father to get back into his son's life. I obviously feel like there's no... That's going to take a lot of work. So, yeah, the mom has should support her son 100% 
there should be no apology. I mean, I'll understand if the son wants to apologize, but that has to be up to him. That has to be up to him. And also the fact that he didn't do anything really wrong in this scenario where he defended the he defended his mother because the biological father spoke past him to his mother about him being a brat. His mother did not raise a brat. The son, the 16-year-old, the 16, 16, he's still growing up, is in boxing. He has discipline. Could be a really good kid. Could be a really good adult too. But obviously the really good adult here is not the biological father. And um, Asari would be a good starting point. So those are the comments from last week's. If you have a comments of your own or concerns of your own, go ahead and drop them in the comments. You can email them, you however you prefer. Uh, but you can feel free to leave comments so that we can get a better understanding from different points of view so that we can, if any of this happens to happen in your own life or at least parts of it, you might have, you might understand your options and how to deal with it better. Yeah, I like that. So those are, those are those. And then what we'll do is we'll spend the next 10 minutes doing actually some new Q&A. Uh, we'll go to dig.com for these ones and see what they have in store for us today. Because God knows they always come up with some interesting ones. So we'll throw that up on the screen. If you have any questions, concerns, or comments, go to my website, positivesarcasm.com, and click on the contact page, by the way. Um, all right, here we go, dig.com. Should I attend a nude hot tub party with my coworkers? I'm male, age 56. I work in an office with four women, average age 45. One of the women and her husband just installed an outdoor hot tub on their patio invited all, and invited all of us and spouses over for a Thanksgiving weekend top tub party. She told us they didn't wear bathing suits, so we shouldn't either. We should just bring a towel. All of our coworkers have said they'd be there. My wife is hesitant, as am I. What do you think? Um, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go. That sound that sounds like a textbook swingers party. And if you and your wife or your significant other are not into that or not comfortable doing that, then you shouldn't be doing it. You shouldn't be going. And if your wife is hesitant, that should be a huge red flag for you. If your wife is hesitant. You may not be hesitant. Be like, yeah, sure. What could possibly go wrong? But if your wife's like, I don't know. Then you'd be like, what do you mean you don't know? Elaborate. And then she's going to list all these things out and give examples. And you're going to be like, oh, yeah, that kind of makes sense. So I would, me personally, I wouldn't go whether I was married or not. If I was married, I wouldn't go. And if I was on my own, I wouldn't go. So, I mean, just because that's not, that is not a lifestyle that I'm into. I'm not. So, um, especially, and coworkers, uh, coworkers, coworkers and a naked hot tub party? No, thanks. Uh, f next question. Four years ago, I convinced my ex-husband to have an open marriage. We are now officially divorced. Before we started the open marriage, I promised my ex we can start a family after we gave it a try. I still want to keep my promise and give him four children. That was the number That was the number I wanted. That was the number he wanted. I wanted two, but I'm open to whatever he wants. I'm 34, and I want to do this as soon as possible now that he is single. I know he can find someone else, but I fear it will take him a lot longer finding anyone than just trying with me. I know he will be the best dad in the world, and he deserves to have children of his own. 
I know with some certainty that he still wants to have children with me, but he is deeply hurt for what I dragged him through. I don't want to come out. I don't want to come off as if I'm manipulating him again. I don't blame him, but I can't wait for him to come around. I also, pl I also plan to give up all parental rights to our children. If my ex wants me to have no part in the children's lives, I will stay away. If he wants me to pay child support, I'll gladly do it. I need help to convince him to put up with me for another four more years at, and be by my side during the pregnancy. The tricky part is I'm still in a polyamory lifestyle. I know he still wants to have children with me, but he'll never ask me. And in his mind, it's probably too soon to be bringing up such a crazy idea. I know this plan sounds very selfish of me, and it may seem like another attempt to manipulate him or keep him in my life. I genuinely do want to give my ex-husband children. Doing this for my ex is very important to me. I want to make amends for being a terrible wife and ruining our marriage by giving him the only thing I can give him and the only thing he may still want from me. Failure to do so, failure to do this will leave it with a rot in my soul for the rest of my life. Um, boy. All right. You want to give him children. You obviously care about him, but you still want to be in this poly lifestyle. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. If you truly want to have children with this man, you need to, if you truly want to have children with this man, you need to end that lifestyle. I don't care how, it has to end. If, now, you can do what you want. You can do what you want. But is that healthy for the children that that's what you're into? Um, is it healthy for your husband? Your ex husband is it healthy for your ex husband that you want to offer such a thing but still want to be in the poly lifestyle? If you want to do what you want to do, then you do you. Great. But you can't you can't talk to your ex husband anymore. You can't. You're obviously still talking to him. You're obviously because you all because of all of these things. You're, you guys are still talking. You. I think this one's kind of black, pretty black and white. But that's why we have that's why we have opinions here. That's why we have comments, a comment section. You quit the polyamory lifestyle, and you see if you can rekindle a relationship with your husband, and then and only then, if it is rekindled, talking about possibly children. But if you're going to continue down the polyamory path, it's not going to work. It's only going to hurt him. It's only going to hurt him, and it's only in the end, it's going to hurt you as well. It's only going to make things worse. Unfortunately, a polyamory is the, is the sacrifice. You're going to have to give that up. You're going to have to give that up if you want to offer him four children and offer that support. Because obviously, from what you're telling me, you love him, but you're still into this, this lifestyle that's, quite frankly, has was the downfall of your marriage. So I'm sorry. You, you got to give it up. Uh, let's do one more. Here's a rather odd situation, and I wonder if I'm overreacting. Upon delivering my four-year-old to daycare this morning, I noticed, wedged between the hamster cage and the, the Play-Doh station, a real human skull and a real human thigh bone. Upon closer examination, it was evident that these were not lab specimens because they were actually dirty. Upon questioning the teacher, she confirmed that, indeed, they were dug up. Uh, a child's parent was a doctor, and these were from his private collection, and that, yes, he had, quote, dug them up himself. The kind doctor had brought in 
the kind doctor the kind doctor had brought in them for show and tell and that he had left them for the kids the four-year-olds to play with i was horrified and i can I can think of a number of medical, health, ethical, legal, and religious reasons why it's not a good idea to have four-year-olds playing with human remains. I telephoned the director of the school, and she, quite frankly, couldn't understand my concerns. Only after I called the police in the medical examiner's office did she reluctantly take them out of the kid's classroom. Am I the only one who thinks that these are inappropriate toys? Um, that, is, that is some poor decision-making coming out of a daycare. Like the daycare allowed this to happen. If they knowingly, knowingly allowed this to happen, then you should probably go find another daycare. Uh, maybe seek a lawyer's advice. No, definitely seek an attorney's advice because this is this ain't good um, at all. Like they make they make fake human skulls. They make f fake human bones. So you can go and show them off in a classroom. But there is a difference. There is that line you cross if you're showing a four-year-old a real human skull. It's like for if you ever watch the movie The Godfather, there's a scene where it's 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 because of the, the comment, I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. That is referring to the director that um that is referring to the director who wouldn't hire Johnny Fontaine. Um and Johnny Fontaine goes to the Godfather on the day of his daughter's wedding and says, "I can't get the part." And the Godfather explains to you know talks to the talks to the director. The director tells him, you know, get bent, don't come back here, blah blah blah. And then what happens is, is the the director wakes up one morning in his bed and he notices that his bed sheets are covered in blood. What had happened was he wakes up and he uncovers the bed sheets and there in his bed is a is the head of his prized horse that he was putting out to stud so that he could make race horses and good breeded horses and stuff like that. So okay, so this head there's this horse head in his bed, pardon the rhyme, and he's obviously traumatized. Here's the weird thing though. When you look up the history of that scene that was not a prop that horse was not a prop that was a real horse head in that in that man's bedroom that's the difference when you see it when you actually see it you watch the movie and you go ah it's just a prop it's not real it's like no that's real that's a real horse that was it wasn't killed for the sake of the movie, though. It was killed because I believe it was, uh, you know, they make horse meat down in Mexico and stuff like that. So obviously that horse head back in the time, in the 70s, was available. So they could just use that as a prop. Now, I don't think that's allowed. I don't, th I, uh, the movie, the movie industry does not allow for such things to be used. And it, it feels real because it was real. So there is a difference if you put a human skull, if you put a, a prop skull in a four-year-old's hands, and then you put instead a real skull in somebody's, in a four-year-old's hands. That crosses a line that can traumatize anybody. 
maybe the four-year-old doesn't realize it now, but it, that's a lot to take in. Like this belonged, this this skull belonged to somebody, and that kind of changes your perspective on things. But legally, I don't know if that's a good idea. Legally, I don't think that was a good idea by the doctor. Quite frankly, uh, ethics-wise, probably not the smartest idea. Um, and I think you should just go seek an attorney's advice and immediately go get a new daycare because uh, I don't. What is it? What authority does a doctor have to just go and dig up the carcass of a human? That's that's out of control. That's that's not ethical. It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah, that's that's not ethical at all. That's not a smart thing to do. You're bringing them to a four. I mean, oh, there's I. There's so much I feel that is wrong with that decision to do that. I mean, I I could see the daycare getting sued. I could see the doctor getting sued. I could see people getting arrested. I could see absolute outrage over this. I see all kinds of problems here ethically. So, 4-year-olds, 4-year-olds should not be handling human remains. Am I wrong for saying that? Let me know in the comments down below whether you think that's a good idea or not. Because I my brain's thinking that's not the best idea. Um like I said, you can follow me uh, on YouTube, uh, Positive Sarcasm, for this po- for this podcast. You can also find me on Rumble. I've kind of I've re- I've come back to YouTube since I decided to change the format, more simplistic, and I didn't change it for the sake of YouTube. I chose it for different reasons. Uh, it just so happens that it is something that YouTube does favor as far as uh, I guess you'd call harmless content. Um, I'm not catering to the algorithm. It's just how I chose to do this format now and it just so happens to work so um, for now we'll continue moving forward so rumble and YouTube depending upon what your preference is they're available on both and you can comment on both and of course the audio version Substack, Spotify, iHeartRadio TuneIn, Podcast Addict it's available on all those channels So, and you can download it, download it and stream it directly from PositiveSarcasm.com did I mention Substack? well I'm mentioning it now so uh, in the meantime, check out all the links, the affiliate links down below. Use them. It's only to your benefit. Um, do I get anything out of the investment ones? Yes, I do. Do I get any out of BetterHelp? No. Um, I, do I get any out of uh, Mel Robbins or Jordan Peterson? No. It's just I feel like it was the right thing to do to offer those in the description so that people have some options in order to better themselves going forward. Um, so... Uh, any, any questions, concerns, or comments, you can email me directly, positive sarcasm at outlook.com, or you can just go to my website and email me through there. Okay? Very good. Um, we are at 34 minutes. So let's go ahead and close up shop. Thank you guys for listening, watching, and subscribing. And I will talk to you all next week. Or unless I decide to do a bonus episode, but we'll see. Recorded here from the Spare Parts Studio for entertainment purposes only. This has been a positive sarcasm presentation. The voices in my head keep on telling me to pray. Cause I'm spinning like a carousel, circling the train. Hit the bottom of the bottle, I don't want to feel the pain. But that is all I got for now, I don't want to talk about. The voices in my head keep on begging me to stay. If I pull the trigger now, then the demons go away. And I know my time is coming, so there ain't no time to waste. So that is all I got for now, I don't want to talk about. The voices in my head keep telling me.
that made it choose a side It's heaven or hell like it's do or die I'm a sad boy, you know better Please don't make this last forever Kamikaze crash like a suicide I'm a lost boy, you know better Please don't make this last forever in my head keep on telling me i'm cursed i'm paranoid i don't want to make it any worse we're all gonna die but first things first i'm gonna take the world with me when they put me in the dirt the voices in my head keep on telling me i'm cursed i'm paranoid